Blog Talk Radio. It's now time for Race Chat Live with Chris Creighton and Craig Moore. All right, race fans. Glad to have y'all here on this uh, beautiful May 31st Monday, a day where we remember those who've given the ultimate sacrifice for our freedoms. A moment where we reflect the blood that's been shed for this great privilege. Uh, I'm not a service member. Uh, I have somebody in my family who was, of course, our fearless leader, Mr. CJ Sports. Uh, he served this country. All respect to that and to him. He understands better than any of us the sacrifices that some have have made uh, we just want to remember those and uh, not forget what today actually stands for but uh, it is a beautiful Monday here in Tumsuba, Mississippi uh, wonderful cooler weather uh, most of the time we're already jacked up in the upper 90s we were in the upper 80s today beautiful weather ah. Talk all day long about uh, <laughs> about the race Sunday, but I think we was Some somebody turn the heat on. Somebody, uh, all we would talk about for two hours is Kyle Larson. Hey Chris, can you turn the heat up, please? Yeah, is it cold up there? Hell yeah, we went from eighties last week to. 40s and 50s this week. Mother I mean, Nature forgot I mean, to take crazy? her bipolar medication. <laughs> Where in the, the heck did the cooler temperature? Yesterday it was 75 degrees in Mississippi. I mean, that's unheard of, man. Uh, it's almost June 1st. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, definitely not something that we're used to. We'll take it. Uh, spring says, hey, wait a minute, you know, because it's not officially summertime until June. June 21st, so uh, spring hanging around a little bit late this season. Oh, man, I, I hope that you guys got to enjoy some, some racing this past weekend. Uh, it's Memorial Day weekend. It's kind of the kickoff the summer for especially us in the south. It's when the dirt tracks start heating up, big races come about, and, uh, man, just uh, some awesome some awesome racing on TV as well. Uh, I'm not sure. Like I said, Craig Moore, Taz Taylor, we could waste a whole two hours talking about the 600, but all we would be doing is talking about Kyle Larson. He's the best that ever was, best that ever will be. He is Mr. NASCAR. He is the hottest thing on the ticket, and we should not be surprised. The kid, has he's fearless, and uh, i tell you what, very few times do I get caught up in the uh, – the superstardom of certain athletes or drivers. I'll admit I was a Dale Jr. fan for a long time. So, you know, I really, you know, uh, I obviously had caught the bug back in my early 20s when Dale Jr. Uh, started his career. But, man, watch Kyle Larson and watch what he had to go through this past year and a half year. Um, Man, how can you not be a fan of that guy, right? I mean, that's what we want. We want redemption, right? We want somebody – we want that second chance 
somebody to believe in. I think Kyle Larson, he got a second chance. And actually, sometimes, you know, your second chance, you come back, come out of shit smelling like roses. Well, <laughs> that's, that's kind of where Kyle Larson stands today in our opening dialogue. Uh, Craig, Taz, welcome to the show. Our uh, co-hosts and partners in crime, glad to have you back after your birthday. Uh, uh, off from us last week, of course, we had a, uh, a very interesting show last week. The numbers are up, Craig Moore, and it's all because of uh, it's all because of you and our 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 our, our partnership together. We've uh, brought ourselves from 10 <laughs> listeners all the way up to 100. I tell you what, Craig, Taz, it's been a long ride back to the top. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. And a lot of it has to do with a lot of it has to do with all the guests that we have on, all the great guests we have on. Uh, listen, Dakota, Dakota race, eighty the. Uh, the week we recapped Dakota last week, we had 85 listeners. So uh, that's that's amazing. Uh, Tim Bates brought us 54 that interview. Uh, when we didn't have a guest, it was just 42. And then, uh, so yeah, the the numbers are steadily climbing. I'm super excited for tonight's interview. This guy he couldn't join us for the last time he was supposed to, so we're going to have him on. <coughs> Excuse me, we're going to have him on again. Uh, tonight at 8:30, and he's got two wins at Fonda in the rookie sportsman class, and uh, you know he, he probably could have picked up another one this week if he hadn't had trouble. But then you know a frog, if a frog had wings, he wouldn't bump his ass either. And if it was a fifth, I'm, I'm, we'd all be drunk. That's right. And if it was a fifth, yeah. we'd all be drunk. So yeah. except for Taz, I don't think Taz drinks. Taz uh, doesn't drink. It's a good thing. Actually, yeah, I do, no. but I, I'm selective on when and when I don't. Yeah, yeah. It's whenever she says you can. We know how that goes. Oh. Uh, no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, so let me tell you, I went upstairs last night at quarter after six to watch the race. Okay? I'm watching pre-race, and the next thing I know, it's 10 after 10, and I'm waking up, and I'm turning on the race. And I made it to a, I made it to about 15 to go, and I zonked back out, woke up at around one o'clock, and thought, oh, I can't, the race can't be over yet. And yeah, it was over a couple hours. <laughs> but um, what I did watch in the final laps was really good. And I want to give shout outs to to uh, CJ's CJ's uh, boy, Mister. Uh, um, what do you call him? Taz Bushy Bushy Bitch. There you go. Yeah, I, I have to say he didn't sound like a little girl this time when he when he bitched and complained when he did his interview. Um, he sounded like a he sounded like a very and, and I have to laugh because his wife, what's her name? Uh, oh, I can't well, think of her name. Well, you have he to think was, of it this way: he he was actually truly beat. Like it's not like he had. Samantha. Thank you. Yeah, his wife's name is Samantha, and I listened to an interview that she did on Sirius last week, and she said with their boy, and I, I don't remember his name either because it wasn't it was important, <laughs> but it wasn't at the time. Um, she said Kyle the dad and Kyle the racer are two different people. Um, you know, when when the kid has a bad race and he gets out of the car and he throws his helmet and he acts like his father 
dad Kyle tells him that that's not good sportsmanship and he shouldn't do it. Um, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, his son looked at him and says, but daddy, you've done it. So that was kind of, I think. Dad, I'm watching you. Yeah, I'm watching but, you, Dad. Well, cause and that's it, that's the song it. I instantly thought of was "Watching You" by Rodney Atkins, and I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> "Dude, he's watched you, and he's seen you throw temper tantrums and and storm off. So of course he's going to do that because that's what he learned." But it was funny to hear that there's two sides to Kyle Bush. There's there's Dad Kyle, and then there's race card Kyle, and uh, but it was. He said he just wanted to get up there and break up the one, two, three, four tandem, so that yeah, way they didn't do it again. Yeah, it sounds like Hendricks cheating. But as Dale Jr. said in a podcast, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Yeah. yeah. He, and the first person to more. cheat. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. The first person to cheat <laughs> next year with a new car is probably going to get fined really, really heavy. <laughs> and if Stuart Haas don't turn it around, they'll be the first one to get smacked really, really heavy, I believe. I don't know. I don't know. You never know. Somebody might decide to use jet fuel in the carburetor. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and there was, a, there, was, there was a rumor in any window. That Kurt Busch was leaving, uh, that he was retiring at the end of the season, and that is not true at all. Um, he is rumored to go show Bubba Wallace how to drive a friggin' race car. Um, that is the rumor and innuendo that I have heard uh, via Twitter. Uh, that may or may not be true, because, of course, we heard that he was going to be retiring, too, and that is definitely not true. So, you know, who knows? We'll have to see, unless it's a classic Vince McMahon swerve job on both. I have no problem with opening this segment up for early season. Taz Taylor uh, said that, I mean, like I said, we can talk about two hours of Kyle Larson, or we can find another topic. We know Kyle Larson is the shiznit. We know that right now, He's not only the best racer in the Hendrick organization, he's the best racer out there, period. I mean, the guy has finished worse than fourth, I think, in every damn race this season. He's been there. If he isn't the favorite to win the championship, I'm not going to say what went to my head, but, hey, you know, no telling what could happen here. I think all favorites are Kyle, for Kyle Larson. Taz uh, Taylor, you said you got something about silly season. So, we all hear talk about Brad Keselowski going, possibly going to Roush Fenway with a uh, possible chance of owning, having some kind of ownership deal out of this. We've also heard Kurt Busch retiring, like Craig said earlier, but that is not true. Right. And he could be piloting a second 2311 car. And now with all of this little shifting around going on, this is kind of, you know, starting to kick things off with silly season and where do we where do drivers go with some of these talks well first things first is uh bk bk honestly staying with ford great move 
going from Penske to Roush with possible ownership, I could see this happening. Because you have to think of it this way. Roush only has so much time left. And I don't mean that in a bad way at all. Our owners in NASCAR are getting very old. Yeah, and so it's time for somebody to step in. So we obviously know once Hendrick steps down, it's basically Jeff Gordon. We are all, we already know this. So now we're looking at some of these owners saying, okay, if they were to step down, who's going to take over? If you look at Coach Gibbs, you could look at Kyle Busch. Maybe, I, I don't want to say Denny Hamlin just yet. I'm going to lean on Kyle Busch heavily on that one. Um, so Roush is probably looking in that direction. So now Roush is like, where do I go? And that's where you insert BK. You put in Brad Keselowski. Let him drive one of your cars till his career, his driving career is basically done. That's fine by me. At least Brad Keselowski knows I have a ride and I'm stuck. I'm with the same team for God knows how long I stay in NASCAR. Regardless of how much ownership he starts off with, eventually he's going to have the t- he's going to have the team entirely. I believe. Yeah, and I think it's a good move. So, and I said that last w- week. So this opens up the two car if uh, Brad moves over. Now, I don't think Roush should open a third car, a third uh, car for this. And here's my reasoning: is because even though Ryan Newman, he He's a he's one tough gun. He's to a pass, solid effort. The dude, yes. the dude can drive, but I don't see him being in NASCAR much longer. If he stays in a ride after this year, I would say 2022 is his final season. And where he would land, I couldn't even tell you right now. So I would say Newman probably gets the boot. After this season, insert BK with part ownership. Let BK run the six car. And then Penske has the two car open. So you got Brad Keselowski moving out of the way. Insert Austin Sindrick. Austin Sindrick pilots the two car. So now we got Ford out of the way. Let's talk Chevy slash Toyota for a minute. Now we're talking Kurt Busch. Possibly going to 2311 in a second car. Not a bad idea. Not the, I wouldn't say the greatest move possible, but at the same time, I can kind of see where Hamlin and MJ are kind of may, could be swinging with this. Maybe to have Bubba get some veteran experience and uh, kind of have like a veteran coach, I guess you can say. Because it's hard to – Hamlin, it's hard for him to kind of be that coach because he's driving and racing against Bubba and not really teaming with him per se because he's still going against him. So now you have Kurt Busch who can come in. Kurt Busch could be more of a coaching aspect per se. And now – this is where you have Kyle Busch and Kurt Busch maybe working hand-in-hand in, hand in terms of Toyota a little mm-hmm. bit. Right. Now with Kurt Busch going to 2311, that opens up the Ganassi 1 car. 
Some people may not agree with me on this one, but I'm going to go swinging for the fences. Who's going to insert themselves into the one car for Chip Ganassi? It's going to be an Xfinity driver. Nope. Moving up. Two cups. That's Justin Haley. And here's why I say Haley. Nope. He's driven the 77 car for multiple starts for a couple of years. The 77 car has had links to Ganassi, especially the Daytona 500. And Justin Haley, he does have a win in the 77 car. Everyone's going to say, oh, it's a controversial range short win, blah, blah, blah. But either way, a win is a win. Now, you have Justin Haley moving up to the, to the Ganassi 1 car. Now, people could say, oh, what about Amendinger? What about Taz Grala? Or blah, blah, blah. Matty D. This is, Matty D. This is, He's a perfect fit for Monster Energy. Matty D. Well, I would say Matty D somehow manages to stay with Wood Brothers because you have Cindric moving up. He's not going to go to the two car. And you can't. And you the can't one, go. The from, one thing that Cindric needs that everybody's missing here is Cindric needs somebody who tells him to shut up and learn to have and learn to drive a car. He's not going to get that at Penske. Where is the one place a driver cannot go and talk to a crew? any way that they want to. Name that one organization. Wood Brothers. The Wood Brothers are not going to allow a driver to sit in their in their race car and talk to them any which way that they want to. There's a reason why Tom Sendrick is making Austin drive for the Wood Brothers. Discipline. So there's not going to be a rearrangement. The, what I am curious of is whether or not Ryan Blaney goes to the number two car you know, the, the the staple franchise, number two, because there's no point in moving Joey Logano out of the 22. So you move Ryan no. Blaney to the two car, and the 12 car, maybe maybe Ryan Newman steps foot over there. I don't know. No. The 12 car would no. be the question there. But Austin no. Cindric will be in the Wood Brothers 21 car next year. It's already been decided. Maybe Matty D goes to the 12 car. I see Matty D going with Monster Energy into the one car. If Matty D has the, has the option to go to a big team like Chip Ganassi and with Monster Energy, that could be a marriage that lasts a very long time because Matty D is the definition of what Monster Energy is about. So that, that, yeah, but, that's why I feel like those two are, are meant to be together. Yeah, Who's left for the 12 car is the question. Yeah, but, Kurt, but here's where you're kind of missing a piece here, Chris. This is where I'm saying you could be wrong in a sense, because Monster Energy could go with Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch was with yeah. him at Stuart Haas. Kurt Busch went to Ganassi. Monster Energy went with him, and they haven't done anything with Stuart Haas. If Kurt Busch moves over to 2311, Monster's going with him. I don't see Monster staying with Ganassi. And with the Benedettos kind of struggling a bit in terms of sponsorship, and I guess you can say. It's going to – unless he stays in Wood Brothers 21 or somehow sneaks over to one of the Penske cars, uh, I don't see Dibby going to a different team. You already have links and sponsorships through one organization pretty much, but it's going to be hard for him to go to Ganassi. 
this is why I said Justin Haley because Justin Haley has some sponsorship backup. He's gonna he's probably gonna bring somebody from college, and he's gonna have the FOE sponsorship or whatever. I don't remember their exact name, but that's their initials. But Haley's gonna step into that Ganassi one car. Colleague's gonna have a cup car next year. And this is where I say have Almendinger in the Colleague sixteen. Why? Veteran experience. He's got he's got Colleague to where they are in Xfinity. So now you put a championship caliber driver from Xfinity, move him up into a colleague car. And Kaz Grala puts put in a colleague Xfinity ride and compete for a championship there because we know Kaz Grala's got the talent. It's just I think he needs a little bit more development in a way. So that's why I'm kind of saying Justin Haley to the one car, move Almendinger to the colleague cup car. Now you have Kaz Grala step into the colleague Xfinity ride. Why not put why not put uh Matty D in the two car? No, because that's eventually going to be Austin Cindric's ride if Ryan Blaney doesn't take it over. That's and then that's the thing, you're not gonna sign Matty D to a long term because you're not expecting Austin Cindric to spend any more than two years over at the Wood Brothers. So that that kind of gives the organization a chance to go and maybe sign a, a Kurt Busch or a Ron Blaine. I don't think Kurt Busch would make a return at the Penske race, and I'm not really sure who could possibly fill that fill that spot there at, at this time. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I just Justin Haley, it just seems kind of stretching that Justin Haley would have that that experience to to go over. And I feel like Jim Ganassi in the first place is a failing organization. So if they don't do something, if they don't get a powerhouse driver or uh, somebody who can at least represent the organization and bring some sponsorship, uh, I, I really feel like they're up with waters. But with Haley being a younger talent versus Kurt Busch, you have Ross Chastain. We know how aggressive he is. We know how much of a talented driver he is. The question is, is Kurt Busch bringing him down in a way? And this is where I'm going to tie Roush with Ganassi in a way on this one, or not Roush, RCR. You saw Austin Dillon with Ryan Newman. Austin Dillon wasn't doing much with Ryan Newman as a teammate. You brought in Tyler Reddick to RCR Cup. Look where RCR is now after after Reddick's uh, rookie season. They're running up towards the top half of the field consistently. No questions asked. You put Justin Haley with Ganassi, it might give a nod to Chastain, and they might, you know, with young competitive talents that both of them have, that could be a sense of urgency for Ganassi. Well, yeah, I agree. I think that I think that Chip Ganassi is is uh, like Chris said. If they don't sign somebody uh, that that can bring some uh, horsepower and uh, some name recognition and some wins, they're going to be short-lived in the Cup Series. I, I don't care how much, you know, money Chip's got invested. Sooner or later, he's got to start He's got to start thinking, man, I'm losing money here. 
And I didn't get into this to lose money. <laughs> Especially when you see your driver go out there and be as dominant as he is at the same supposed manufacturer and equipment. Uh, <laughs> you know, if that doesn't make Chip Ganassi's light bulb come on, then hey, we're we're not giving we're not giving it all at all here in this organization. I don't know what the best sign because Larson, as we've said before, and I've yet to get it, he he is the best in this car right now. I think no one is close with William no. Byron at the moment. William Byron's starting to shine like he deserves, I believe. Look at the number of top tens he's got. I mean, he's if he's not if he doesn't have more than Hamlin still, then he's got the same amount of top tens as Hamlin, and Hamlin hasn't won a race yet, and he's the top point guy. Uh, there's no way that we can't say that Larson isn't the hottest driver on the circuit, even when Martin Truex has three wins. Uh, William Byron has I'm come a long way, Larson. but I, how much of this is that Hendrick has a competitive advantage? Obviously, Hendrick Motorsports has a competitive advantage right now. There was the closest people was two laps down outside position 14. Two laps down. Kyle Larson won by 10 seconds. There's something going on here, guys. There, that because there wasn't a Ford. The best Ford finisher was Busher in ninth. Chris Busher was the best finishing Ford. But nobody wants to recognize that there's a there is obviously a competitive advantage with the Chevys at these certain tracks. It's the crybaby for years. This manufacturer has more than the other. Well, look, if the stats don't show you from this Sunday's race, I don't know. Ray Charles can see it. (laughs) 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 Oh, kind of reminds me of how somebody paints that I work with. He's like Ray Charles. Um, (laughs) I thought you worked in the... Thought you were a Pizza Hut general manager. No, don't ask. Um, oh my God, I'm about choked on my on my drink. Do what? Yeah, <laughs> don't ask. Yeah. Don't ask. It's like oh a military. God. Don't ask. Don't tell. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the sign no, one I of them. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> no, don't ask. Don't tell. Lord have mercy. We've got. Uh, I think that. I think that uh, Kyle Larson is – I agree with you, Chris. I mean, what is in the water at Hendrick, or better yet, what's in the fuel tank? Because that boy was a rocket ship on rails. I mean, he took all – he took every stage there was, including the final including the final flag, obviously. And all the you said it. Still five seconds quicker than everybody. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, you have to – you have to wonder what the hell was, you know, what's in that car. And I'm sure they tore it down and already, and I'm sure they are looking to uh, hopefully find that same speed when they come back to Talladega, uh, when they go to Talladega in October. But, because uh, I would say Charlotte did the fall, but that'll be the Roval. So it won't much matter. Well, I, I, tell you, I just don't know how much more of the snooze fest I can take. 
the other races were great. Johnny Sauter, we were almost, uh, instead of God bless America, Johnny Sauter was God rest his soul, Johnny Sauter. Uh, that was a hell of a hit. Um, wow. That, and especially that the, uh, the guy that got hit, uh, that was lucky. That, that was lucky that we, that, uh, NASCAR built such strong race cars because, uh, he could have, he could have honestly, he could have went right through the, uh, the cockpit of that race car. Uh, it's absolutely just, uh, just a rabbit vehicle, uh, that truck was, I should say. Um, and, and the Xfinity race was, uh, you know, it was fun too, but just, just seemed like a snooze fest over on the cup side. We've got, I believe, our guests that have, we do uh, showed up in the studio we, here. We do. We'll turn... get to him in a, we'll get to him in one second. I want to, uh. Because he just sent me a message too, said I'm in the studio. So Jeff will get to you in one second. I was trying to find the points, but of course I can't find them quick enough because you know old age sets in and I got them. I forget where they need to, Craig. Yeah, I got them. I got them. Okay. Um, I had to find I had to find the uh, button. All right. Of course, Denny Hamlin is is leading. NASCAR really need to look into that needs to look into that shit. Uh, the boy's not willing to race yet. I mean, granted, he's got nine top fives, 11 top tens. He's got no DNFs. He's led 754 laps. But Kyle Larson is 76 behind. He's got uh, two <laughs> wins, eight top fives, 10 top tens, one DNF, and he's led a 1,105 laps, and he's won nine stage wins. Um, William Byron, He's got 557 points. Him and Larson are tied, uh, 76 points each behind. He's got one win, six top fives, 12 top tens, no DNFs. He's led 190 laps. Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott, yeah, there's something in the water there over at Hendrick. Uh, He's 92 points behind. He's got one win, seven top fives. Top tens is nine, one DNF, and he's led 103 laps. Joey Logano is in fifth place with 506 points. MTJ, 486 points. He's 147 points out with three wins. That's pretty sad. Uh, He's in sixth. Ryan Blaney is in seventh with 482 points. Bushy, bushy bitch boy calls him Kyle Bush. (laughs) 776 points. Kevin Harvick, he's got 468 points. He's in ninth. Fred Keselowski. He's in 10th at 448. Austin Dillon, 407. Alex Bowman is 12th. He's got he's 228 points behind, but he's got two wins, so he is locked in. Uh, Tyler Reddick, 376 points in 13th. Chris Buescher in 14th. And Christopher Bell, 15th. 16th is Michael McDowell with that one win. Um, that's your top 16 in points. I'm still going to say that uh, McDowell's not going to make the final, the final ten races. I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there, and neither is Busher. Still got um, a long way to go. Yeah, well, we got a short time to get there. And with that being said, long way to go, short time to get there. I want to bring off a guest. I believe it's, I believe it's Dad. I believe Dad is joining us. So, uh, it is Jeremy calling in. So, uh, 
Jeremy Terrell, the, the pilot of the uh, 14J rookie sportsman class here in Fonda, New York, with two wins in seven races. Um, actually, it was quite funny. The week that they were supposed to call in, or the week before they were supposed to call in, they actually won the following week at in the first race of the season, and he dominated from flag to flag. Jeremy, how are you, buddy? Good, yourself? Good. Hey, just just a little side note now. I know you're up a little past your bedtime, so don't be late tomorrow, 745. Because <laughs> uh, if you're late, I don't want to hear nothing about it. So I don't know where Dad's at, but we don't I'm really good. need him. Just, him oh, he's, he's there. He's there. I'm All right, good. Not that we don't need you, Jeff. I don't want you to think that. <laughs> but, uh, Jeremy, tell us how you got started in how you got started in racing and what the break was, and because you had taken a long break, and and you know we're not going. I know the details behind it. We're not going to get into that. Uh, but you know, tell us how you got started in racing, where you started, and you know what brought you up to the rookie class. Um, back when I was a young child, my father brought me actually up to uh, the Kroger Creek Raceway for a go kart race on a Sunday show, and uh, after the races were over, we walked to the pits. I seen a go-kart that was for sale, and I let Dad know and my grandparents that that's what I wanted to try. Um, later that week, I came home from school. Dad and my grandparents went out got me the go-kart. That's how my career was started, and we journeyed up through the go-karts, and I got into the big cars for a couple of years. Um, it didn't work out the way we wanted it to. Um, I made a couple of bad choices, and... Dad told me if I could get back on the right track, do what I had to do, he'd let me get back into a race car, and I've done everything I could to get going in the right direction again, and Dad went out, got a car this year, and that's how we ended up where we are now. That is awesome. So, Jeff, let me yeah, and I know that I watch your posts every week, and, of course, I know you, and I tell him the same thing you do each week. Jeremy, don't drive over your head. Don't drive over your head. You know, race smart. As father watching your go around the track. I think I lost you for a second. Yeah, cut out. I'm here. Can you hear Craig, Jimmy? Do we lose Craig? No. Yeah. Yeah, we lost Craig. Yeah, we got you back. Yeah, it looks like. Looks like Craig has uh, lost service or something. He's still on the board, guys, uh, but he is not uh, making contact with this. So, Taz, you want to take it from here? Yeah, I'll jump on board, and when Craig gets back on, he can ask the question. So, what have been the struggles so far in terms of when you guys first started? Um, obviously, you you said bad choices led to the break. And obviously rebooting. What's been the struggles um, in terms of the first time around versus, and then of course struggles for the reboot. And then getting. You can say, Jeremy. No, go ahead, Dad. As in getting back into racing, is that what you mean? And getting uh, getting used to the big car. Kind of like what was the struggle? Like what are like some of the things you guys struggled with when you first started out racing, regardless if it was carts or big cars, 
And then when you guys rebooted, what have been the struggles um, when you guys tried to do the reboot, I guess you can say? Well, when we first, when we first started in go-karts, we didn't know that much about it, and we bought a cheap chassis, and uh, we weren't doing good. We couldn't figure out why, and then we realized that uh, the chassis that we had wasn't what we needed. And once we got on board with a good chassis, uh, one of our first chassis was a Coyote. Uh, we started out with uh, more mile race engines, and then uh, a couple years into it, when we really got going, we hooked up with Bobby Slack, who now works for Bicknell. Bobby Slack uh, put us in a Slack go-kart. Uh, we got with Steve Pavlik for Wizard Race Engines, uh, and that's where it started to take off. We started winning championships. We had uh, three at Kroger Creek. Two at Dodge City, uh, we had three King of the Hills, two King of the Dirts, two Montanero Cups, Northeast Nationals, and then uh, 2003, we won Glen Ridge, and then following that, we won the East Coast Nationals that year in go-karts. Jeremy had a kid, uh, some other things changed in his life, we took a break for a while, I stayed in the racing, I've been with Aaron Burton, I've been with Justin Demagistris. I've been with Josh Honeforce for a few years now, helping him out. And Jeremy uh, talked to me about getting back into racing. Uh, we thought about it. We went to races together last summer uh, so Jeremy could learn a little bit more about the bigger cars, uh, got into it a little bit more. And then in the off season, we decided to take it to the next level, and we got a car. And thankfully, uh, we were able to get Keith Dwyer to be our crew chief, who's well-known for working with Rocky Warner and such for years, and he's very knowledgeable with these cars. So it's been a pretty easy process for us to get into with his knowledge and his ability to set the cars up. Jeff, can you hear me now? I can. All right, good. I don't know what it was. I don't know if I walked into a different part of the house or what. As a, Not as a car owner, but as a father, as, you're, as you were watching him take the green flag for the first time this year, um, because I was there in victory lane with you guys. What was it like from a, a parent standpoint? Not not a car owner, but a parent. It, it, it feels like your heart's going to come out of your chest. Um, I'm a smoker, I mean, but I, I think I had five cigarettes from the time he lined up to the time he took the green flag. Uh, it's nerve-wracking. I mean, you don't. I didn't know what to expect knowing that he'd been out of it for 14 years, um, well, just about 14 years, and we didn't know what to expect. And like I said, if it wasn't for having Keith DeWire aboard and his knowledge and expertise with these cars, we probably wouldn't be doing as good as what we're doing at this point. Now, that first night he took the, he took the, che- uh, he took the checker flag, that was the first race of the season. I I could have sworn I knew I seen tears in his eyes, although he may or may not admit it. I don't know, but I'm pretty damn sure I seen him in your eyes. Uh, yes, we both had him. There was no question about it. It, it was happy. It was joyful. Uh, you know, it was something that we had talked about for years, going to find the speedway and getting a win, and to just be able to get it out of the way that fast was just more more exciting and more joyful than what you than what I can explain. All right, so now since then, since we did that, since you had that first win, you came back two weeks ago, and uh, 
you, you got your second win of the season. Was that, Jeremy, was that win for you just as special or was it more special because the circumstances were different? If I remember correctly, and Taz, uh, chime in on this if you remember. You did not have the best starting position in that uh, finale. Am I correct? No, he started seventh. Right. Yeah, he, so I this, think it was about mid-pack. Right. So this one, he really, I mean, you, you fought for the first one, but that was a flag to flag. The second one, like you said, you started from seventh, so it was, you had to work your way up. So um, is it safe to say that this one was this one was more special, or um, it's really hard to say? I think that was right to you, Jeremy. Oh, I got to disconnect. I'm sorry. So your second win of the season, you started seventh in the feature. <laughs> so was yeah. that win was that win more special? to you than the first one, and I'm not discounting your first one, don't get me wrong. But for you, it was just as special. Okay. To me, they were both just as special to me, knowing just to be able to go out there and accomplish what me and my father have talked about to accomplish ourselves for years now. And I believe that everyone I can get after that will be just as special to me and my father. Well, I will say this, and then I'm going to turn it over to Chris, who is down in Tumsuba, Mississippi, who's bitching about 70-degree weather, who shouldn't be bitching because I know we wouldn't be. Um, the week that you won your second race, I heard from numerous people about in the pits. So I inadvertently brought it up. Then you go out and you pick up your second win. You know what I'm talking about, right, Jeremy? Yes. It was just funny. Taz messages me that night. I was doing an event, and he messaged me and goes, hey, Craig, your boy won again. And I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. So I was like, I was super, super excited for you. I I think that uh, I'm hoping that you got three or four more under, or at least three more under you the rest of the season. We've got a long season up here in state New York. I will say this, Jeremy and Jeff, your boy Craig over here ranted the Monday night show right before your second win. And let me tell you, the rant was amazing. I've never heard Craig rant before in my life. So after he ranted, he won right after. And I had (laughs) to tell Craig if he needed to rant again, that means you needed to win again. (laughs) <laughs> That's coming. Oh, I'll try. One, one little, it's gonna come. We, I hope. Uh, we pick up our new power plant next week. So that is awesome, Chris. You got anything for this young man? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, yeah, of course. Uh, you, you, when you look at what's written, the rookie sportsman it doesn't sound like we're dealing with a rookie driver here, though, Craig. Um, how do you? How do you make sure that you're setting yourself up for the the next series, and how long are you going to be able to stay in this rookie class? We're in the rookie this class year? to August 14th, and then at the end of the year uh, for the Mohawk 200, 
we're uh, going to have a new power plant, uh, hopefully have a new chassis and have everything set up, and we're going to uh, go down there and run with the big boys and uh, see if we can qualify and uh, make the big race for the final for the finale of the year. Wow. Now, how will that do for you as far as points go? August 14th is the ending of the points for the rookie for the rookie division. So okay, after that's that, what I thought. when we race that last race, which is Mohawk Valley 200 weekend, uh, I think it's a 50 lapper for the sportsman race. Uh, we're going to have a new power plant, hopefully a new chassis, and uh, we're going to go down and attempt to qualify and uh, run with them. And then next year, we're going to run with them full time. I do have a question uh, that comes from one of our guest lists from one of our listeners, uh, Miss Rebecca. Uh, for Jeremy, what is the lesson he, you think uh, you've learned so far in racing that has impacted your success? And uh, what is next for you as you look forward to finishing out the season? Um, having the right people around you, the right equipment, um, having a good crew chief, which my father mentioned earlier, Keith Dwyer, um, that helps dramatically. Uh, lessons learned, if you need is um, really, when you're at the track, you have to pay attention, watch other drivers, see who's doing what, where the lines are. I mean, there's a lot of things involved in in, in um, improving yourself as a driver and getting around the tracks and different surfaces. Jeremy, is there any limitations that they put to you guys? Like, do you have uh, special springs and shocks you have to use or anything like that? What is the difference between this class and the and the other sportsman class? What was that again? What, what there is, is the, there is the no main, difference. There is no. It's just there's, basically no, a learning class. There's no class. difference between the rookie class and uh, the normal 602s. Uh, uh, the only difference is is ex- more of experience. Uh, you don't want to be inexperienced and then go up and be in their way because they are experienced. They've been doing it. So you mm-hmm. start out in the rookie class. You get the time under your belt uh, of being out there and knowing how to be a race around other people. And then when you move up, it, it's pretty easy. But uh, I wouldn't want to be the guy to move up as a rookie and uh, be in their way. Right, right. No, because you're going to get pushed out of the way. Yeah, because, I mean, that's what we're having a hard – you know, it's the 602 series that we have here is the lower series to our 604 crates. But, but we're talking about late models. This is a this is a modified class, right? Yes. Yes. So it is a little bit different. I completely understand uh, where the rookie classes. Matter of fact, some of the overflowing cat classes there on the coast have rookie classes, but sometimes there are limitations to the cars and whatnot that uh, that there's a slight rule difference and stuff like that. So uh, glad to glad to know now. Obviously, racing is a tradition within the family. What's some of the success that you've had, uh, Dad, Jeff? Um, I raced back when I was younger. I wasn't as good as Jeremy was. Uh, I had, you know, some top fives at Albany, Saratoga. But like I said, I I didn't have any wins. I never won a race. I just did it more for fun. All right. What are some of the, Jeremy, what's some of the challenges that you've had this year that you weren't sure you were going to have, being that you've never really raced in this class before? What are some of the challenges that you faced learning curve-wise? Um, I think one of the biggest ones I've had was adapting to racing Fonda Speedway in a bigger car 
different speed. Um, a lot of it was learning the different um, ways to get around the track with the chassis, um, speaking better to the crew chief and my father for setups so they knew what was going on and what and what I needed out of the car. Um, just overall, just a lot of different thinking games that you have to deal with while you're there and other things like that. Kaz? In terms of the limited sportsman class, are there certain guys that you kind of had your eye on walking in before you took the track for the season and now you have certain ones you're kind of eyeballing as the season's progressed? in terms of guys maybe you should look out for, in terms of maybe intimidation factor, kind of, um, um, or guys that could be a threat to you? When we when we first started, me and Jeremy had this talk. There's a couple guys that have been in a rookie class for a couple years now uh, because, you know, they wanted to get a little bit more seat time. Uh, you know, the ones that have a little bit more experience, ones that you're, you know, that you, you kind of – aiming to beat uh you know you want to be better than the guys that have had a little bit more experience and show that you can do it uh at this point there's nobody that we're you know really intimidated by uh you know you can't let that you can't let anybody get under your skin you just got to go there every week keep your mind in the game uh concentrate while you're there on racing and racing only and go out and do the best you can do every week that's our goal when we leave the garage we all talk about it and when we're done at the end of the night, we congratulate each other, congratulate each other for you know sticking and helping together as a team and progressing nightly. Is there like a uh, pre-race ritual? Maybe you guys do. I know some drivers, regardless of what level of racing they have, they have like a pre-race ritual type deal. Like, is there a certain way you guys prep? As the only thing I don't know about Jeremy, what he does. The one thing I do uh, that I that I think has been you know helpful for me is I had a brother who uh, had passed away in 2005, and that was uh, right after Jeremy um, had won in nationals, and that was one reason. Another reason why we were out of racing for a while too, because my brother was always with us for his whole go kart career. Um, so I always go in the trailer, go to the front. Uh, I kneel down and I say a prayer for with for my brother every week before we race. Jeremy, same question. Um, myself, um, mainly every night just before the main event, as I'm on the starting line, I'll always sit there and I always say a prayer for my grandmother, my grandfather, my uncle Billy, hoping that they're all up above watching down on me, going to keep me safe. Um, and just pray for the best that I can get from out of the car and out of myself for the night and do the best that I can. Do you think, Jeremy, do you think that, uh, we're going to talk about the track for a second. Do you think that, uh, they will address that big dip in three and four? Or do you think they're just going to let that um, there? <laughs> We Honestly, so. Brett Deo, Brett Deo is a very, very, very intelligent, smart individual when it comes to track prep and getting a track ready. And I am almost 100% positive in my mind 
that after seeing how everything was going Saturday and drivers talking and things, that Brett will take it into his hands and he will definitely take care of that. That's something that I'm pretty sure will happen. Yeah, because the week that I was there, opening week, that thing was just, you were going down in there and that that right front wheel was just off the ground, at, you know, big, big amounts. And I'm just thinking to myself, that is going to cause some huge damage. Um, and if, if it hasn't already, it's definitely gonna, um, what are you, obviously you got two wins this year. Where are you sitting at points current points currently? I've not seen them posted yet. So as of the finish of this last Saturday, we are sitting 12 points behind the points leader. Nice. It's awesome. Chris, what do you got my man? Yeah, so I've got a I've got a little bit of a change of subject here, a little bit of a funky question. Uh, you know, th- there's all kinds of crazy things that can happen in a race car. Sometimes it's getting the race car off the hauler. Sometimes we've seen as much as uh, steering wheel come off going down the straightaway. What was the craziest moment uh, for you, Jeremy, that you so far had it, that uh, that you experienced inside the race car? Um, would that be considering inside the go-kart or just inside the big cars? Nah, just whatever good story you got, man. It sounds like we, we're going to have a go-kart story here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of my favorite stories <laughs> One of my favorite stories to always tell everybody was um, it was my second or third weekend ever out in a go-kart. We were running up at Kroger Creek Raceway, and I ended up getting the lead and started overdriving, being young, thinking, oh, I had the lead. Let's go as fast as I can. And winning the race on last lap, I barrel rolled it coming out of uh, turn two. And when I went back in the pits, I was a little scared, oh, no. didn't want to get back in a go-kart. And I was like, no, Dad, no, Dad, I'm uh, I'm good. I don't want to race no more. Dad's like, oh, come on, you can do it. Hold your head up. And he convinced me to get back in the go-kart, and it took off from that point. You mentioned about nationals. Wow. Tell us about that. The um, nationals? Yeah. Um, nationals, you run all over. You run all the different states. Uh, it's a WKA Nationals um, for go-karts. So it's a big thing. You go all over the East Coast. You run, you get points, and uh, you show up at tracks, and sometimes you got 40, 50 carts, and 20 are going to start. So you know you got to do good, and you have to qualify. If you don't qualify, you're going home. And every race is points. So you have to make every race. You have to qualify, and you have to get there. For, all right, our, what? One of our biggest accomplishments in go-karts, except for one time we were at Albany-Saratoga Speedway for the Northeast Nationals. It was 2000, uh, 2002. It was 2001. And we led every single lap in a feature, and a yellow come out. And Jeremy didn't see a piece of metal in the track that came off a cart. And it came up, and it came up behind the cart and knocked his muffler off under a yellow flag with one lap to go. And he finished the race without a muffler and got disqualified because you have to finish with a muffler. Even though the piece of metal took it off, and we lost that, we lost that trophy. That was probably the most discouraging race we've ever had in a go-kart. <laughs> I was just gonna ask, hey, did, they, the did they disqualify you for that? Wow. Yeah, of course. All right, Chris, go ahead and ask your question. You have a pretty interesting question. That was Taz. Taz, Taz was the interesting question. So, 
I know we're kind of a little ahead. I'm asking a question that may be a little bit too far ahead, but I'm going to go ahead and ask you anyway. Um, after this year, regardless if you win the limited championship or not, is there plans to possibly move up um, if you don't win the limited championship, or are you going to are you going to stay put for another year to kind of get more seat no, time? No, we're absolutely 100% moving up after August 14th. August 14th will be our last race in a limited in a limited sportsman. After that, we'll run the last race of the year with the regular sportsman, and when we return in 2022, we'll be in a regular sportsman. All right. Is there any plans of racing uh, anywhere else in Fonda's on the break before the 200, or are you guys going to kind of take it easy at that point? Um, Our goal is August 14th to start. Once we race that last race, we're going to start putting a new car together, the new engine, getting everything together. Uh, Our hope, which is our hope, is to be able to try to get one or two, maybe Utica Rome or maybe Devil's Bowl or something in before the last race at Fonda so we can shake the car down and make sure that we have it right for Fonda. We just don't want to get it all done and take it down to Fonda and race with these guys without having any time in the seat. So we're hoping to get one or two in. Uh, That's our goal. Very interesting. Um, To close things out uh, as we get ready to end the interview, uh, we do want to thank uh, you, Jeff, and, uh, of course, Jeremy, uh, for coming on. It sounds like uh, there's big plans as Jeremy uh, is going to finish out this season in the Rookie Sportsman, but he's going to head to the big boy class, the non-limited class, Sportsman Modified Series, uh, for next season. Uh, We'll be pooling for him along the way. Three, so he's got two wins out of uh, seven races. But now, if I serve this correctly, y'all don't, y'all don't really do traveling racing. Why? Why, why not? What, what, what's the deal with that? My job. Your job. My job. I, I work a lot of hours. I work for General Motors, so I work a lot of hours, and just it, it just interferes at this point. Uh, down the road, things might change a little bit. Um, hopefully next year things change a little bit. Uh, I'd like to be able to race a couple nights a week next year. That's the goal uh, we're shooting for. But uh, this year we just want to finish it out. And before we end this, you know, I just wanted to, to thank all of our sponsors, you know, Mangino Chevy, ML Bellinger, uh, Great Foot for sure, uh, Blue Moon Hotel, uh, Dunham Springs, uh, especially Ron's Jerk Shack, best, best jerky you can get. Uh, and you know, I'm sure there's some other ones that I'm not thinking about right now. You know, like Wolf's Customs, uh, Vermont Andy Speed Shop, uh, Fox Shocks. So there's a lot of people that help us. Uh, I'd like to thank them. And also like to mention that uh, part of Terrell Racing is Josh Hohenforce, who is now leading the points in the modified division down there. So, you know, him giving us some pointers and helping us out a little bit here and there is a big help, too. Time to share. We we uh, we look forward to hearing uh, Mr. Uh, back on later on in the season or as early as next year. Uh, these guys, I tell you what, uh, the, the guys, Craig, they show up and continue to bring some. Uh, 
uh, that we get to review and talk to here on the show. Hopefully we've made y'all fans here tonight of Race Chat Live as we continue to grow our audience, and you guys will uh, give us a listen throughout the season and uh, get to know a little bit more about the racing around the northeastern region. It's certainly uh, an awesome experience to be able to talk to guys like y'all who, uh, you know, really thrive to be uh, great racers uh, in your at your local racetracks. Uh, and, you know, the thing that we see so much down here as we're running out of time, we see so many guys that go past their home track to go race somewhere else and, you know, they're traveler racers and all, but y'all bring it back home and hopefully y'all get a lot of, uh, a lot of appreciation from the Fonda race fans that y'all, that y'all race at home and, and don't miss it. Don't miss a race, you know, even given weekend, we can watch one of our racers go somewhere else as they track down big shows or our big money races. But, uh, one thing about the Terrell Racing family is they're going to show up and they're going to put on a good show for the fans at Fonda Raceway, Fonda Speedway. Absolutely. Absolutely. And hopefully we're talking to you at the end of the year with a championship. Well, that is the goal for sure. All right. Well, I want to thank you guys very much for joining us tonight, like Chris said. Kaz, you got anything in closing for these guys? All right, well, Taz must we must have missed Taz. All right, but anyway, yeah, I want to thank you. Thanks for having us on. You guys uh, have a wonderful night, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you guys at the track. All, All right, right, very good, thank Jeremy. You. We'll see you tomorrow thank morning. Thank you for having us on, Craig. You're welcome, brother. Anytime. All right. All right, go We're gonna go to a commercial break real quick. Y'all stand by as we go to more to music, because more is always better. Are you ready? Your wedding day. A day that you've envisioned in your mind since you were a child. And now that it's becoming a reality, don't risk your once-in-a-lifetime events to a once-in-a-while amateur you found on Craigslist. <coughs> the entertainment you choose for your special day can either make or break your celebration. You can never redo your wedding. But you can avoid a costly mistake by hiring a true professional. We make every wedding unforgettable. When what you need is more than music, what you want is more to music. That's M-O-O-R-E to M-U-S-I-C. More to music. Find more to music on Facebook. M-O-O-R-E to M-U-S-I-C. Also, moretomusic.com. More to music. More to music specializes in weddings, anniversaries, parties of all kinds, including the one in your backyard where you want some karaoke for all your friends. More to music. Owner operator Craig Moore can be found on Facebook right now. More to music. M O O R E, the number two, M U S I C. More to music. More to music. By the way, it's never too early to plan your event. Plus, check out moretomusic.com. Find out how you could. All right. That's uh, more to music. Greg Moore, we appreciate uh, you uh, sponsoring the show and being a part of it as well. So this is going into our Dirt Track segment that we always do at the top of the second hour. Uh, Taz Taylor leads the force here as he begins the, his uh, rundown of the Northeastern Racing uh, going on up in the New York area. Taz Taylor, take it from here, boss. 
So before I give a high, one highlight reel I have this week, um, one thing I do want to mention is in regards to the mower tire group. Uh, this past Saturday got postponed to this coming Saturday, reason being for the weather we had. Um, I know some tracks ran on Saturday, but unfortunately Dodge kind of had some saturated grounds and whatnot from the rain, so it kind of pushed us back. So we are running this upcoming Saturday for our first event. Um, we are looking at doing a 4 p.m. start time instead of a 2 p.m. start time in terms of gates opening, run everything as scheduled. That includes the mower tire modifieds. They have a 35-lap, $100-to-win feature, plus the mower tire predators, the adult class. They have a 30-lap, $100-to-win feature with a $35 hard charger bonus. And, of course, the novice mower tire predators will have a 12-lap feature, $15-to-win. Our title sponsor for the night, and thanks to our other sponsors as well. The big sponsor for the for opening night is More to Music. So again, thanks thanks you to Craig Moore for being the title sponsor for opening night and making things happen. Also, big thanks to Herrick Racing for helping out Herrick Racing and TNT Designs uh, for helping out with the sponsorship as well for opening night. In terms of the Ron Bachman Memorial Race that we had a couple of years ago. It is back this year for 2021. We are look, looking at September 4th for that race. We have a 40-lap modified feature for the mowers and a 35-lap adult predator feature as well. Um, a lot of money on the line. We do have lap sponsorships available, $5 each for both of those classes. Our novice predators will also be in action as well. Um, so if anyone wants to uh, sponsor the race or do any lap sponsorships, um, check out the page Ron Bachman Memorial Race. Um, we'll share that on the Race Chat Live face, uh, Facebook page. Again, there, there's a couple sponsors that have stepped up for lap sponsorship. A couple sponsors have stepped up for uh, per sponsorship for that race. Again, it's September 4th. And without further ado, we'll get into some short track super series action. The South Region at New Egypt Speedway that happened last Tuesday. And that was a barn burner of a race. Green flag is out. Brandon Grasso and Max McLaughlin lead them down to the turns one and two to kick things off. 50 laps is the distance. And Grasso underneath McLaughlin down the back stretch. Side by side. McLaughlin going to look to the outside. He's holding on as everyone charges through turns three and four. Leading lap number one is going to be Max McLaughlin by a tire as they come into turn number one. Move forward to nine laps complete as Mike Mahaney in third. Looking again underneath Grasso. Grasso holds him off. Go down behind him. But look out for Kid Giddy up. He's up on the eye side going where everyone else isn't. He's moving up to the five spot now. In the superior remodeling number 44. Off corner number four. Ryan Godown shuts the door on him. Go down in fourth. And Perego's going to keep on working the outside as he gets around the 88 of Jeff Strunk. Now looks to the outside of Godown. Down the back shoot. 
In the turn number three, looking for the fourth spot. Perego won the last short track super series event at Accord, and he's going to try to get the fourth spot. Side by side, nose to tail at that point. 12 laps complete. Perego finally gets by. Go down off corner number two. Meanwhile, move forward at halfway. 25 laps complete. Perego still being the show, the showman of the field. As we look a little further back, Superman and Stuart Friesen doing battle. A little further back inside the top 10. Meanwhile, Perego gets by the 32 of Grasso. That's another position up for him in turn number two. 26 laps complete. Move ahead to 38 laps complete. Perego, again, showing the class of the field, trying to work his way through. He's on the 35 of Mahaney. That is the battle for second. And they're working around lap traffic. McLaughlin still holding on to the lead. While Mahaney sits there for second, getting around more lap traffic, Perego's going to look to the inside this time around. And everyone else is looking on the outside while the lap traffic is on the bottom groove. And McLaughlin, hang on there. Oh, corner number two gets a little high into the high groove, jumps the cushion, and he might lose a spot to Mahaney, who's on the bottom. Here comes Perego once again. Perego gets the door shut by Mahaney, and Perego's going to try to look on the bottom of Mahaney. Mahaney shuts the door that time in turn number two, and here comes Mahaney going underneath McLaughlin here with nine laps complete. Mahaney trying to get underneath McLaughlin. Perego's going to look to the outside, and Perego says, Tia, thread the needle. He gets, he gets a two-for-one deal down the front stretch. He's going to try to get around McLaughlin as McLaughlin fights back on the outside. Perego gets his nose in. Mahaney tries to make it three wide, but thought better of it. And here comes Mahaney once again, makes a little contact, but can't make the run. Perego keeps the charge going in the superior remodeling number 44 with seven laps complete. He's going to take the white flag as we move forward ahead. Final time down the back stretch. Kit Giddy up. Of Anthony Perego heads into turns three and four for the final time. He picks up the Dirty Jersey 7 at New Egypt Speedway, the win for the Short Track Super Series South Region. Mike Mahaney second. Max McLaughlin, your podium finishers in the South Region for the Short Track Super Series. And speaking of Short Track Super Series, the Cajun Region also kicked things off for, I think, race number three of their season this past weekend at Chatham Speedway. And it third time's the charm for Caleb Dillard as he is your winner for round number three. David Forbes, Cody Robbins round out the podium. Greg Dillard and Tommy Rasco round out the top five. Jimmy McComas, Keith Badiali, Keith Meek, Thomas Holt, Richard Holt, Joe Boswell, Corey Oates, and Kaysen Dillard rounded up the cars that took the green flag. Brent Buckley and Mike Trumpetable did not take the green flag. They'll get show-up points for those two guys. Caleb Dillard took home the ATP Racing Engines bonus. The Free American Racer Tires certificate went to Jimmy McComas. Tim Bates painting bonus bucks of $50 went to Cody Robbins and Thomas Holt. And the Shed Road Auto Parts Hard Charger of $50 went to Keith Badiali going from 13th to 7th. That's all I have for everyone. Unicorom race is Friday. Saturday is Fonda and Bethel Motor Speedway. I believe they're racing. And go out to your local short tracks. You got to support them.
Also, oh. one thing quick. Congrats to Matt Shepard winning career win number 400 at Land of Legends Speedway this past Saturday night. Land of Legends has been a historic landmark track for Shepard as he cr- picked up career win number one at the track. He's also picked up career wins number 200 and 300. Now make it 400. So, again, congrats to Matt Shepard for career win 400 this past Saturday, and he's looking for a career win 401 tonight at Lebanon Valley Speedway for the Super Dirt Car Series. All right, Taz Taylor, that's for the northeastern region. Now we're going to get down to the southeastern region as we look forward to bringing on the Southern Dirt Track Report. We get a special uh, visitation uh, this week, Taz Taylor and Craig Moore, who I've, I believe I've had on mute. Let's see if he's uh, got that background noise taken care of over there. But, uh, yeah, go, okay, Greg, Craig, you're sounding good again. Uh, so, yeah, we've got, uh, we've got Artie and uh, Jared on from Southern Dirt Track Report. Uh, Artie, good to finally hear from you, man. What's up? Oh, not too much. Same old, same old. Just loving the dirt track scene down here in the south, and uh, we're doing it big down here lately. Well, obviously, Artie's uh, been listening to the show, guys, so he kind of knows how this thing's supposed to go. He's uh, getting ready to give us some updates here. I believe he traveled to Hattiesburg Speedway on Friday night. The big question is, is where was he on Saturday night? But, Artie, let's hear about Friday night real quick about Hattiesburg Speedway, man. Oh, Hattiesburg Speedway, never, never, ever. Um, you know, what's that word I'm looking for here? Um, um, disappoints. Um, the track has been on fire lately. The um, Donald Parker and the Parker family really has the track going really good uh, lately. Um, the Pure Streets actually have been putting on the best show of the night. And these guys, a few years ago, um, I couldn't say that about them, but every week they're getting out there and they are showing that there are an elite class down there at Hattiesburg Speedway. Yeah, uh, Donald Parker has done a great job this year at getting that track prep uh, up to par. It has uh, been a fast little speedway uh, all year long, and the continued effort that he has put into that place is bar none uh, top class. Uh, so, did, were you able to uh, go to where was your where was the race that Saturday night, Artie? Were you, were you able to uh, go to Pike County? Uh, we went over to Outlaw Speedway for Saturday night racing, and then Sunday night we went to Pike County Speedway. Um, so the racing all this whole weekend has just been unbelievable. Um, from Friday to Sunday, just great races, and I will give you a quick update on what's going on with those. Um, on the Pure Street, Michael Williams wins at, at Hattiesburg. And the street stocks, it, it was Chris Stegall in that one car. He finished his first in the street stock race, had his first Friday night. Chase Holland beat out Kevin Cumby right there towards the end of the race to win the modified feature. And Jeremy Item, we'll talk about him in a minute, but Jeremy Item wins the Great Lake feature on Friday night. He also wins it Saturday at Jackson and Sunday at Pike County Speedway, so he has three wins in one weekend. Uh, Jeremy Item is a machine right now, wow. and I don't know who can catch him. Right. Well, but I tell you what, one other guy that I heard out of that was Chase Holland. That kid has been turning some heads this year. 
uh, in the modified class. Now, you said you were you raced on Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. Saturday night, what happened down at Outlaw Speedway? Oh man, Outlaw, um, they had the sprints. They had the sprints come in. Uh, Todd Sayard wins the sprint race. Um, there was a sprint that flipped several times. Um, I cannot remember his name. I'm flipping on that. I apologize. Um, when they got to the sprint car, he was unconscious, um, and he had to be rushed off in the ambulance. Um, later on, we found out that he's got a few broken bones. He had a concussion, but he should make 100% um, healthy right back and get back in it. Shane Morgan, he comes in second in that race, and Timmy Thrash came in third in that sprint car. The modified race was a good, good race. Little Ronnie Roberts wins it. Chase Holland comes in second, and Ronnie Roberts, he came in third over at Outlaw Speedway. And in the pure factory stock, Shannon Fletcher and James Woods um, came, comes in second. And Stephanie Nikes Cooper was battling for that third position with Billy Walker, and she gets past him right at the line. I mean, it was um, inches, but Stephanie Nikes Cooper takes home that third place in that pure stock. And then in the Stinger, in the Stinger race, Chris Rogers in a 7.77, he wins it. And it's crazy because all three Rogers came in one, two, and three. Philip Watt Rogers in the 77 comes in second. And Johnny Rogers in the regular seven, he comes in third. And then Timmy LaFontaine, he wins the Crate Late model race in that 220 at Outlaw Speedway on Saturday night. And his brother or, or dad, I'm not sure, but Drew LaFontaine, um, he comes in second in that race. And we move over to, uh, I heard Chase Holland's name mentioned again uh, in, in that thread at Pike County. I mean, at the Outlaw Speedway. What happened Sunday? There was a whole lot of money on the line here. I believe it was a $5,000 to win Mississippi Street Stock Series race. It had a lot of attention going into it. How many cars showed up there for that main for that big event, uh, uh, Artie? All right, we had 30, I think 36 registered. Um, the race was um, really good. Um, Spencer Hughes sat on a pole in that nine car, and he led Ooh, every lap, all 40 laps, um, to win the race there, the I-55 shootout. Uh, Spencer, um, it was not an easy task, I can tell you that. At one point, Phil Moss was side-by-side side with him for a few laps. Um, um, Shelby was right there with him. Uh, there were several good cars there. Um, Chad Thrash, he was right there with them. Um, Thrash winds up wrecking the car, but um, he comes to 24th. But Spencer Hughes dominated the race, but he had to fight off a bunch of people that were side-by-side side with him for a lot of laps. Uh, but it was fun and exciting to watch him win. Uh, it's always fun to watch Spencer Hughes uh, out there racing. He is one of the best. And has a ride up to the dream. He's going to be living the dream at the dream with PPC Racing. Looking forward to seeing that. It was announced by uh, uh, on Dirt, which is now Flow Racing. Uh, they announced that earlier this week that uh, Spencer Hughes would be representing the great state of Mississippi at the dream. Uh, I believe it's the double dream this year. I believe they're running two of them. Uh, but we look forward to seeing how he does and competes up there at Eldora as he contends for his uh, 
for a, a late model win with the big boys. Uh, Artie, what else you got going on? All right. Well, for the crate race um, there, Spencer Hughes comes in second, right behind Jeremy Item. But um, Spencer's got a, you know, he is very fast in anything he drives. I think he could drive a go-kart and win a, a, a crate race. Um, that's how fast he is. Um, and Shannon Lee comes in third there. So it's Item, Hughes, and Lee in your top three at the crate race there at Pike County Speedway on Sunday. Also on Sunday night, they run the rookie limited class. Josh Lott borrows the 77 from Cole Venning, and he wins it there in, in half-a-lap fashion. Uh, Michael Wall came in second, and Blade McDaniel come in third. And then Megan Sojourner, she wins the singer race, and that was a great, great race. Um, it, it was a good weekend all the way around. Um, all racing was good this weekend. And I, I'm just disappointed we didn't have a Monday night track somewhere closer because I was ready to see some racing tonight as well. Well, uh, Artie, we want to put you on hold here real quick. We've got uh, Jared Hudson who's going to give us a rundown about where he was. And hopefully there's an update. Uh, we heard that there was a possibly a crewman or something run over at Deep South Speedway. Jared, can you fill us in on what happened there? Yes. So... They had the uh, the first race of the Deep Southern Shine Run, and they had some wild racing all night, but the pure stock class was super, super wild. They had a they had a driver get black flagged, and he didn't want to he didn't want to get off the track, and then uh, and they they stopped him, and they finally convinced him to uh, try to get off the track, and then he. Um, keeps going around the track, going around the track, and then he throws it in reverse as the tractor is trying to hook him to the hook, and he hits the tractor, and then they finally get him off the track, and he, he's mad about being black flagged. I guess he um, thought that he was black flagged, you know, wrongly, and uh, he was all mad and upset and pulled off, and so the track announced that somebody had got run over at the tech shed and 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 most people thought that was because of him no it wasn't him i found out later the uh one of the uh stapleton volunteer fire department uh really good fire department was talking to one of those guys that i know and he told me he said no what happened was it was somebody on their team was on a four-wheeler and was going too fast around the tech shed and turned too short and had his son on the four-wheeler with him. His son fell off, and the tire fell off they had on the four-wheeler, and his son just bruised his leg real bad. So right. at first, people said, oh, somebody got run over and their leg was broken, but that was that yeah. was a wrong wrong story. But well, either way, he he was still hurt, and it wasn't good. And and I respect you for not giving the driver's name, as we don't want to bring praise to, to people who act like idiots, but uh, definitely a concerning uh, situation going on there at the South Speedway, and glad to know that the uh, that the boy is all right. Um, sometimes that's you know that's why we say guys, you got to stay calm, you got to you got to you got to keep your composure because accidents can happen. We've seen uh, Mr. Parker get run over down at Hattiesburg Speedway. Accidents can and will happen, and uh, there's, there's yes. been many other incidents before uh, that that happen without 
uh, testosterone being, uh, you know, elevated. <laughs> well, I guess it's always elevated testosterone doing what we do. But uh, so all in all, though, Deep South had a had a good turnout, right? Uh, the, what was the big show? It was the uh, the the moonshine. So was the the deep, yeah, it was the Deep Southern Shine Run, and I'm not a fan of. I'm not a big fan of alcohol, but uh, it was a decent turnout, and it was sponsored by uh, Murder Creek Distillery. And so what they do is it's like a – it's similar to the – if anybody remembers the old uh, six-shooter series they did, the six-shooter series, they did Flomaton, they did Northwest Florida Speedway, and they did Southern Raceway in right. Milton. Right. And right. they would race all three tracks for – you know, special points, uh, special money. Well, this one's similar, except the winner gets a thing of moonshine at the end of each race. And uh, so different flavors, whatever. And then this this series, they pay a little bit more, and they had the the vintage is on the series. The vintage car is my favorite class. They had 12 cars show up, which is, very unusual for Deep South because usually they, a lot of them don't show up when you have a big, big race. But I was glad they showed up. They put on a great show. Had a few, had several wrecks in it, but it was good. And then they had the, um, the Crate 604s, and let's say the Pure Stocks, and the Street Stocks. And then they had the Modifieds, but the Modifieds are not on the Shine Run series schedule. They just added them as an extra class to let them race for regular points. And so the street stocks uh, was a very good race. Uh, Tommy Lowry in the 27 won it. The vintage race was super awesome with uh, the 52 of uh, J.D. Fuquay winning it. And he he won by two or three car lengths. He made it look easy. But second place, Kyle Kitchler in the four red car, he was really awesome. Kyle coming for, uh, second. And... The wild child, Ricky Haugen, broke, and Ricky's usually really, really good there. But it seems like that it seems like a black cat crosses the road every time Ricky goes to Deep South because something always breaks, and I hate it for him. And then, <laughs> I mean, you know, if, if you believe in that kind of stuff, which I don't, but uh, and then let's see what else. Let's see, they had the uh, the pure stops was won by. Oh, excuse me, they had the factory stocks on schedule two. And the factory stocks was one, let me make sure, uh, Chad Robinson in the 10 car won the factory stocks. And let me go back and look at the pure stock winner here. And they had the stingers on schedule two. I, I just moved forgot about that. The stinger cars, uh, let's see who won that one. I believe that was the 41 of... Let me look at this big South Speedway here. <clears throat> oh, Robert Barber. Robert Barber won the 41. Uh, Stephen, uh, Brandon Seidner finished second in the 42. And then my buddy Cameron Connell finished third. Great job, Cameron Connell in the 43. And let's see. Oh, the uh, 82 won the Pure Stock race. Had his Tanner Palmer. I like Tanner. Yeah, yeah. Super good guy. So I, I've been telling Tanner, I said, "Look, man, I was like, you got, um, he, you know, he was thinking about getting, get, giving up racing, had his car for sale, everything." Right. And I told him, I said, "Man, don't, don't, don't sell that car, man. Get you a win, you'll be back in it." 
And he's actually been racing the past few races, and he finally got him a win, which was super, super awesome. And I hate it for Levi Donaldson. Yeah, Levi Donaldson had issues, right? He sure did. And Levi Donaldson, I'm telling you, Levi Donaldson led the whole entire race. That's the first time I've seen him race in over a year. And Levi was spanking the field. And then he had mechanical issues. And when he did, Tanner Palmer took the lead. And usually the three fastest cars at Deep South are Wesley King and the 99, Derek Kane Long and the 5, and then Tanner Palmer are usually your top three. And this night, Brian Berger showed up in the 121. And Brian Berger, whoo, he was flying. He finished second. It was super awesome to see Brian Berger finish second. So they, they had some really good racing. And the 604s, Bo Slay won by half a lap. I mean, it was, he just kicked butt and took names. Second place was a 24 of, uh, oh, shoot, I can't even think of his name now. But it was, uh, oh, Stephen Jernigan. Stephen Jernigan finished second. And the 604s are really, really fast at Deep South. Wow. So um, I think we're having some issues with our streaming line. Uh, I believe it gave us a 60-second warning. If you guys are uh, listening to us live, you may have to wait until the uh, podcast comes out to finish listening to the show. I hate that, guys. I'm sorry it was set up. uh, But we were supposed to have had it extended out, and it's showing on my end that we still have an hour of stream time left. But uh, I believe uh, we may be... Uh, losing our stream here in just a few seconds, uh, but uh, like I said, you will be able to finish the the show up on our uh, podcast there, as it gives us a ten second warning. Uh, so you know, as as uh, we continue the show, even as we lose <clears throat> our live listeners, so you guys have partnershiped and brought the the Southern Dirt Track Report. We'll bring Artie back on real quick. Artie, uh, tell us about. Uh, you know what got what got you started here the Southern Dirt Track Report. What y'all do, and uh, as we give you about another three or four minutes here. Well, um, we started. I started the Southern Dirt Track Report back in uh, I believe it was fifteen. Um, La thirty six um, Hickory St. Tammany, whatever you want to call it, had shut down, and um, I kind of made it a mission for me to find somebody to buy it and 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 start a promotion page to promote any kind of track in the south. So we, um, so I started it like that. Um, we 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 continue to we, we continue to push. We found a, a, a guy to take it over to lease it for two years. At least it's two years. It's been closed now for about three years, and um, and that's pretty much how it started. It started to never have another track closed in the south, and try to support and help any all the tracks around in, in the area. Right. Uh, so, and and you've been able to assemble quite a team there. You've uh, got Jared Hudson, who kind of takes care of one end, and you you take care of the other end. Uh, what what's the plans with uh, with the future of Southern Dirt Track Report? Uh, we we have big plans. Uh, you know, it all comes down to trying to get people to help us out. We have a great team. There's a lot of more people than just me and Jared um, on the team. Uh, but we are really looking for some more volunteers because we are really wanting to push. Basically, what I want to do is I want to cover every track eventually from I-20 south in Mississippi, Louisiana, and Alabama. So um, we are trying to establish that, and we are getting we're getting closer. Um, it's going to be good. I'm telling you that. 
Where, where can you find all your stuff at there, Artie? Oh, you can check us out on Facebook, Southern Dirt Track Report. We got a YouTube, uh, Southern Dirt Track Report. We also got a Snapchat and Instagram, Southern Dirt Track Report. Um, y'all can check it out, and it's gonna be um, it's gonna be live all the time. All right, now, Jared, uh, what what do you do? You have any cool stories or anything you want to share with us? What did you think about uh, the Coca Cola Six Hundred? Did you watch the Indy Five Hundred? I watched both of them, and I enjoyed both. I've been an IndyCar fan and NASCAR fan since I was a wee little lad. But uh, let's see, I enjoyed the IndyCar because, well, Tony Kanaan's my favorite driver of all time, next to Michael Andretti. And I wanted Tony Kanaan to win so bad because he's won it before. And I also really, there's a lot of drivers I really like. And another one is Elio Castroneves. And Elio's 46 years old. And was driving for Michael Shank at Meyer Shank Racing, and to see how excited he was—that's how excited I, I am when I'm going to win a race. If, if I ever win me a race in a dirt track car, I'm going to be that excited. I'm going to flip a biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> right, he was definitely Helio. Uh, I believe this was unexpected, and you know Michael Shank more known for his sports cars uh, than he is a Indy car. Uh, but they say that he's. He, you know, he started from the bottom. He scrapped the team together and uh, survived. And now uh, you can say that uh, Michael Shank and Shank Meyer Race, Meyer Shank Racing, is an Indy 500 winner. No plans for this team to chase a championship or anything like that. Uh, was it surprising to see a one-off come in and, and, and dominate this race the way <clears throat> that Helio did? It was to me because, uh, well, it wasn't a surprise that he won because, I mean, you could you could put him, you know, it's like Artie was talking about earlier, you can put him in a go-kart, and, 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 and he'll beat the best Indy car out there. And so, you know, I mean, Elio could win the race backwards blindfolded. And uh, at, at his age, like just like what he said, he was so excited in his interview, he said even the old guys can win it. And, yeah. you know, Michael Shank – you know, they kept saying it's a small team, and Michael Shank was like, well, I don't – he kind of didn't want to hear the word small team because right. they got a decent they got a decent budget. So I guess I guess he wanted it to be known as a little bit bigger team. But still, that's pretty cool to see somebody that's not as big as all these other big mega teams that's got three or four cars. And, and I really like uh, – I'll tell you who else I really like is Ed Carpenter, Ed Carpenter Racing. Ed Carpenter finished yeah. top five, and I was tickled to death. I, no, he I, worked I, I, too. Oh, he did. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, and then the, uh, Col- the the Coke Six Hundred was awesome. Colton Colton uh, Herda, I believe that's the the guy that I'm I'm pulling for on the Indy side. Yes. He's a third year third year guy. Uh, a lot of it was in the beginning of the Indy 500 was to talk about the youth, but uh, the old the old skeezer himself, Helio Castroneves, <clears throat> pulls it off for his fourth Indy 500 win. Now, what about Kyle Larson's dominance there at the Coca-Cola 600? Is he not? Uh, I think Ooh, we, we've yet to have the argument that Kyle Larson is the hottest thing in uh, in racing right now. Oh man, Kyle! Look, Kyle Larson. It does not matter. You could you could put him. And a 1982 Chevrolet bomber car, uh, and, <laughs> and put him out there with them cup cars, and he'll put them two laps down. That's just how yeah. it don't matter what you put him in. You could put him in a tractor, and he's gonna put them guys a lap down. He just knows his racing. I mean, he's won, 
he won his first super late model race this year. He's won um, sprint cars, midget races, NASCAR Cup Series, just about every kind of car imaginable. He's won it, and I'd like I'd I'd like to see him go across America and just just try out every single class of car just to win it. <laughs> <laughs> I know we could get him in a street stock down here, and he would uh he he would outrun yeah. the best. Um, so uh, yeah. so guys, we we, we want to thank y'all for 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 coming on. Um, Artie and Jared, we look forward to y'all's segments uh, each week. Uh, y'all are more than welcome to continue to follow us uh, on the show here as we get ready to give our uh, uh, rundown for Sonoma and our weekly picks. Um, hey. Yes. Chris? Yes. Hey, I just want to say one more thing real quick. Um, I will be in the booth one, once again at Little Dega Speedway this Saturday night. Uh, it's a car track in Turkey Creek, Louisiana, and I'm returning to the booth to announce um, a night of racing there. So it's going to be exciting and fun. All right, good deal. And uh, we have a guy, Taz Taylor. He's as, as, as aspiring to be uh, given the chance to call a race as well. I uh, think it's the coolest thing in the world. I know that I'm nowhere near. Uh, the best in the business, but uh, I've got 10 years under my belt. Shoot, I really that's enjoy a lot. What I'm doing. I really enjoy what I'm doing and I uh, hope to continue to do it. And I love I love to see uh, new guys, uh, you know, coming in and, and getting the opportunity because I was a nobody that come in from the street and didn't know anything. And uh, and if I, can, if I can accomplish it, then I, I know others can too and be even better than I am uh, at it. I mean, Chris um, is the Ned, the Ned Jarrett of dirt track racing. Oh, gentlemen, Ned, I hear you. Thank you so much. Uh, um, I, I try to be as articulate as Eli Gold, but unfortunately, a lot of times it comes out uh, uh, with the, I come up with the same old jokes. I used to pick on old Billy James for always having the same old jokes, but when you've been calling races for 10 years, sometimes it does sound the same. So, um, But uh, they had the world championship. As we get ready to move into this third segment, I really need to mention, that Tyler Burgess uh, won the world championship uh, for the 602 Sportsman uh, class, that big race up at Magnolia. Uh, no doubt Tyler Burgess had a fast race car, beat some uh, up, to, I think it was 51 people, 51 cars attempted to qualify or be in that race there for the world championship uh, Sportsman late model race at the Magnolia Motor Speedway uh, this past weekend. But now we'll move on into our final segment, our fourth segment, as we get ready to talk about this upcoming race this weekend at Sonoma, the dominance of Hendrick Motorsports. I believe, uh, you know, as, as we are uh, getting to the prime of the season, it looks like Hendrick is separating themselves. As, I mean, when you have all four cars who have got a victory uh, this season, it looks like Hendrick is really hitting on all cylinders, on all fours, I should say. Uh, so what about uh, – who was that that dropped? Okay. That was uh, Artie. We appreciate you being on there, buddy. Um, yes, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> hush. Um, you made me lose my train of thought. Jeez Louise. Craig, you want to do the schedule quick, Chris? Yeah, do the schedule. All right. So our schedule this week for uh, NASCAR racing. Take things off. Wednesday, June 2nd at 7 p.m. is practice. And at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 
both of these on FS1 will be the eNASCAR Pro, Pro Invitational iRacing Series, and that'll be on the brand-new Chicago Street Course. Um, that'll be interesting to see because I know Chicago might be having a street race in the near future for NASCAR. So it could be a glimpse of what's to come, maybe not. Who knows? Um, but further on down, uh, Friday, June 4th at 6 p.m. Eastern will be the Dawn 150 at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course for the Arca Menard Series on FS1 and MRN Radio. On Saturday, June 5th at 1 p.m. Eastern will be the Xfinity Series B&L Transport 170 at Mid-Ohio. Oh, Mid-Ohio. I thought they would be at Sonoma, but whatever. Mid-Ohio. We're still road course racing. Um, that'll be on FS1 and MRN. And the NASCAR Cup Series on net Sunday, June 6th at 4 p.m. Eastern will be the Toyota Save Mart 350 at Sonoma Raceway on FS1 and PRN Radio. Yeah, I mean, you got to think that Chase Elliott's probably the favorite here. Um, it's interesting. Is A.J. Allmendinger uh, in this race? And, and what road ringers are are in this race? Uh, as, do you have a tree list? Um, I will working on pulling that up here right now. If I can find it. At least I thought I did. I don't think I have one unless Bob Pockers posted one. So I'm going to have to rely on Bob Pockers. Hopefully he's got something for me here. But yeah, Mid-Ohio and Sonoma. We're not at the same track for both major series this week. Yeah, and I guess the truck series is off. Uh, so it's going to be uh, Mid-Ohio, which is one of my favorite road courses. All right, I, I would much rather have entry list. at Mid-Ohio than Sonoma. Sonoma's mostly always a pull away from the leader or pull away from the from the group uh, type of race. But go ahead, Taz. Uh, for Cup Series, nothing really kind of stands out. Scott Heckert will be in the uh, Live Fast McLeod number 78. Ben Rhodes will be driving the Spire 77 this week. Um, and I believe that's about it. Uh, Cody Ware in the 51, Smithley in the 53. Um, only 37 entries for Sonoma this week. And then for the Xfinity, there are 42 entries for the Xfinity race at Mid-Ohio. The DNQs, we are looking at the 13 and the 77 cars. Looking at possibly getting the 31 of Jordan Anderson Racing um, being into this race because Josh Barry's behind the wheel and he's won a race this year. Um, looking at trying to find what we got here. Um, Preston Pardis. I don't know if that's one to look out for. He's in the DGM 90 car. Um, trying to look at uh, Matt Jaskell in a 66 MBM machine. Um, trying to look at other guys that may be in here. Alex yeah, would be a bad uh, one to go with, to think about. Chris there's Wright not going to be, be much piloting. swapping because the, 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 the distance between the tracks are too far away. Uh, 
Chris Wright will be piloting the same Hot Racing 26. Um, and I think that might be it in terms of... Oh, no, Miguel Paluto in the Junior Motorsports number 8 this week. And I believe that's Surprising not it. to see John Hunter Nemechek uh, racing somewhere at, at, uh, at Mid-Ohio in an Xfinity car being that John Hunter has road course the only, experience. The only car that's not, that doesn't have a driver for this race that's on the entry list is the Bassett Racing number 77. But according to Bob Pockris, he believes that the 77 will not be fielded and neither will be the David, neither will be the MBM 13 of David Starr due to the fact that Josh Berry has a win and will be piloting the Jordan Anderson 31 car. Well, that's sad because the 13 car is a uh, Carl Long Motorsports car and uh, just hate to see them cut out of a race. Uh, but, uh, I mean, Josh Berry, you know, getting a chance to, to race uh, someplace that he was, originally wasn't uh, scheduled for. So kudos to uh, Josh Berry uh, for picking up a, a, a ride for this week. Um you know, it's road course racing. It could be, you know, it could be anything. Of course, there's always your favorite road ringers on the cup side. Uh, Chase Elliott, uh, Kurt Busch. Uh, Kyle Busch has even been pretty good on the road course here of late. Uh, what are some other drivers that you think uh, we need to look for there, Taz? For the cup side or Xfinity? Yeah, for the cup side. What are some guys that may stand out? For the cup side, we all know Chase Elliott, how he's been on road courses. Uh, some other guys to look out for, we've mentioned his name earlier. We know where he's at. Um, question is, can he get the job done on a road course? Got to be Kyle Larson. That could be one to look out for. I mean, shoot, when we ran at Coda, he was up front for a good portion of that race towards the end. Um, I would say some other ones that could – uh, play spoiler here. I would say Harvick, Truex, or a couple of them. Somebody, some people might put Bell on there due to his road course win at Daytona. Um, it'd be interesting to see. I don't really see any other ones that stick out. Maybe a Ryan Blaney, per se. I don't see. McDowell could be up front in the 34 car. He usually runs well, pretty decent at road courses. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised I don't see a college car under the entry list this week. Yeah, it may be because they're they're at two separate entities and they haven't purchased a cup hauler or something yet. Uh, but I mean, you know, it's a small race team. Uh, you know, you don't really expect them to be at uh, two different places, especially the distance between Mid Ohio and uh, Sonoma. So uh, not not a big surprise there. But I do believe that there won't be any testing or anything, right? Like we're we're just going racing Sunday. Yep, we're going we're going right into it. Um, according to Pacris, he's got projected lineups if he figured them out correctly. Um, we'll look at Xfinity at Mid Ohio. We're looking at Austin Sindrick and Ty Gibbs on the front row. Uh, the two Burtons will make up row two. Allgaier and Brandon Brown in row three. Uh, Brandon Jones and Jeremy Clements in row four, and Riley Herbst 
Justin Haley round out the top ten. Hemrick and Almendinger row six. Gregson, Myatt Snyder row seven. Annette LeBay row eight. Vargas, Moffitt row nine. Buford and Castle make up the top twenty. Uh, Ware and Little in row eleven. Sieg and Williams row twelve. Martin and Jeffrey Earnhardt row thirteen. Lally and Ellis in row 14. Paluto, Howard round out the top 30. Josh Berry and Mills, Wright, Gaskell, Kyle Weatherman, White, Graf, Curry, Pardis, and Galding will make up the 40-car field. If Pockers did that right, that's what we're going to be looking at. And for the cup side at Sonoma, looking at Larson and Elliott, the front row. Byron and Hamlin, row two. Kyle Busch, Austin Dillon, row three. Bowman and Harvick, row four. BK and Reddick, the top ten. Blaney, Busher, in row six. Logano, Stenhouse, in row seven. Bubba and Suarez, row eight. Uh, Suarez could be another one that be they'll be running up towards the front uh, for Trackhouse 99, I believe. Row nine will be Dibby and Eric Jones. Running out the top 20 is Truex and Bell. And you have McDowell, LaJoy, Custer, Newman, Briscoe, Almarola, Priest, Alfredo, Chastain, and Kurt Busch making up the top 30. Ben Rhodes, Davison, Quinhouse, Smithley, Heckert, Balicki, and Ware to make up the field. Are we underestimating Busher? And uh, that's one of the other names that I heard there. Uh, that that uh, I think Matty D maybe are we underestimating those? Ryan Priest maybe. Ryan yeah. Priest maybe he's got some he's had some good showings for not being a chartered car for JTG. Right. Craig, you there? Um, Haven't heard from him in a minute. I think he might have backed out. He said he's still getting feedback. Yeah. But I think. Um, Do you leave us his pick? I believe I believe Suarez could be one. We didn't mention we didn't really mention him as a guy to um, kind of be up there, and he's been a guy that's been running consistent top twenty, maybe top fifteen. Right. Yeah, Suarez is having a hell of a year. No doubt uh, that team headed in the right direction. Um, this is kind of one of those races. Where you expect some of the backmarker teams uh, to show up? Of course, I, I didn't hear really any real good mention about Bubba Wallace, uh, so n- not expecting any improvements on that behalf. I would I would uh, say. Uh, so uh, um, I guess uh, you know I I feel like Keselowski is going to show up. I feel like uh, being coming off of you know, and, and I'm I'm glad that there's people like Ryan Blaney in this world. I really am. Because Ryan Blaney basically made sure that we're not going to speculate anymore for the rest of the year of where Brad Keselowski is going. Brad Keselowski is going to an ownership role with Roush Fenway Racing, and we know this because of Ryan Blaney. He's like, look, I wish the guy a lot of luck. I know he's always wanted to be in an ownership. So he wouldn't have said all this stuff. And, yeah, Brad Keselowski can't say anything. Penske can't say anything. But Ryan Blaney took the bullet there and basically – uh, cleared us of the speculation side of things. And uh, so, you know, I think running off of uh, what BK has uh, been able to solidify for next year, it's all about what he can do this year and how he can finish up 
uh, at Penske Racing. And, and you have to look at Helio Castroneves as, as your as your fearless leader in all this, BK, because, look, I mean, the guy got put out of Penske Racing. He come back, and he, he got him an Indy 500 win. There's nothing bigger than an Indy 500 win in IndyCar, of course. Uh, some would argue there's nothing bigger, period, in, in motorsports racing than an Indy 500 win. Uh, so uh, definitely – uh, not the end of the road for Brett Keselowski, and it should almost be uh, an upticker for him as he can solidify where he's going at the end of the season and not really have to worry about it. Just focus on racing. He's a great road course racer. He's going to be one of my favorites this weekend, especially on the cup side. And I believe uh, after Taz Taylor, I'll give my pick of who I think is going to win. All right, well... To start with picks, um, as far as I know of, Craig has picked Chase Elliott for the Cup, and he's going with his favorite guy in Xfinity, the Gator man, Justin Hallgeier. Um, For Sonoma, I looked at a bunch of names. Chase Elliott was one of them to look at. I also was thinking maybe Ryan Blaney to sneak one in uh, this time around. Um, I've also looked at McDowell a little bit, not going to lie. Kyle Busch was another one. Um, and then of course I've looked maybe Busher, Suarez, uh, maybe Christopher Bell to kind of ring, to make a ringer, pun completely intended by the way. Um, I've I've even thought about putting an RCR car in there, but where I'm going, yeah, um, maybe maybe way maybe a way out of left field pick, um, and I think he might put a spark in the team. I'm gonna ride with Happy Harvick on this one. He's won at Sonoma before, and when Har and we know Harvick has won at Sonoma when the one season when he was a top guy to win a championship for, uh, shoot, I think it was 2018, I think. I, I just remember that it was the basically the Truex Larson show for most of the regular season, but and Harvick was always a top contender to win, just couldn't put it in victory lane, and he won at Sonoma. Um. I really think that he could be the guy. So I'm going um, with what we could see this year, Harvick, and put a spark in uh, in the uh, victory lane for Cup and put a spark in SHR. Um, yeah, that's not, that's a solid pick, uh, Taz Taylor, really. And, and it makes perfect sense, this being the track that, hey, Kevin Harvick can circle on the calendar and say, I've got the skill to win this race. If I lose this race, this one's on me. It doesn't take, you know, a special aero package and all that to win uh, a road course race. If Kevin Harvick shows up in full Kevin Harvick fashion, he should be one of the favorites uh, to take the win in this race. And my Xfinity pick, well, he's a road course ringer. Um, I feel like he was gypped at Daytona Road Course, um, I'm going easy. I'm going to keep it simple, the dinger. Oh, my God. So you put me up against the wall there. I want to gain points on you. Um, it's going to be hard, you know. Uh, first of all, Ms. Lee, 
uh, says that she's bummed she can't hear the picks uh, because our show has already ended on that side, uh, but she'll be able to listen to the replay. Uh, Ms. Lee has picked Cendric for the Xfinity win and Busher, surprisingly, uh, for the Cup win as uh, she she believes Busher uh, will separate himself from the class of the field and uh, bring home his second career cup win at Sonoma. Very interesting pick there. Uh, Craig, we're waiting on your picks. Craig uh, is Chase Steel Elliott and, and Allgaier. Chase Elliott and Allgaier. And Allgaier. And I believe my picks for this weekend on the cup side, I, you know, I've already given it away. I, I wondered if anybody would take the lead there. Uh, Fred Keselowski is my guy. I figured that uh, this will be the weekend that uh, he can uh, bring in another win for Penske uh, that will continue his uh, the most wins in the organization. He's got to add a few more there uh, because Ryan Blaney, of course, and, uh, and Joey Logano, um, looks like they're going to be solidified within the organization for a very long time. And uh, on the Xfinity side, I have to follow Lee here. I, Dinger is my first pick. But, uh, you know, Austin Cendrick, this is uh, the type of racetrack that he loves. And uh, we'll see how he does. This is a very, very hard road course racetrack here. This is not the typical up and groove and all that Mid-Ohio is its own beast, and, and any time that you played it on NASCAR heat or uh, any simulation, you'll find out that the uh, that, that this is one of the hardest tracks on the circuit. So, uh, uh, Cedric will break through, and he'll get the Xfinity win. Um, uh, we do have uh, we do have Artie still on. Artie, would you like to give uh, your picks just for fun? Who do you who do you have uh, for for Saturday and Sunday to win? Um. I'm going to go with Brad Keselowski, of course, on, on Sunday. Um, I, I really do like the way he drives, and he's a good road courser, so I'm going to go with him. <laughs> do you have a Do you have a pick for Saturday, Artie? No, I don't really watch the the um, the um, the little guys, should we say? Um, I, I do watch the Cup, but um, right. Too busy chasing yeah. dirt tracks on Saturday to worry about those. Yeah. Uh, no problem yeah, with that. Uh, of course, A.J. Allmendinger should be everybody's favorite. Uh, but, you know, sometimes the dinger can beat itself, and I have to go for what I feel, feel is going to bring me the most points. Uh, and uh, that's that's why I'm sticking with Cendric here. Uh, speaking of points, if you can give us a quick breakdown uh, real quick, Taz Taylor, on the point system that we have for uh, uh, for our uh, our fantasy group here. I believe I am leading the cup series, am I not? And I think I've got a quite a big of uh quite a quite a lead there. Uh can you give us a quick rundown before we let everybody go? Yeah, actually actually Chris, I gained a little bit on you after this week. Not very much, but a little bit. I know last week I was like thirty or forty points off and this week I gained a little bit on you. So overall um the overall meaning all three series uh, Chris Uli with 5.35. I'm behind in second with 5.19. Craig with 4.94. But uh, Jason and Miss Lee had big week, had uh, big points days after this week. 
Um, they're coming with 486 and 482. And I think at one point, Miss Lee was actually in fourth after one of the, uh, I don't remember if it was truck or Xfinity, but she was in fourth at one point. And uh, so Miss Lee might, she says she jinxed her peoples, but she might be outsmarting some of us. And she started a little later than everyone else. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see a late run coming by Miss Lee. That's definitely. But of course, um, Craig has five correct picks. Miss Lee got one this weekend, putting her up to four. I still have three. Chris has one. Unfortunately, Mr. CJ has the big old goose egg on, but next to his name. And isn't that something? I'm leading in points, but I've gotten only one correct pick all, all season long. It's really it's about the points, man. It's about who you think going to finish up there and bring you the most not necessarily who's going to win the race that is the uh that's the way that and i've been playing this game anyway those correct picks could play factor if there's a tie in points though so oh for sure for sure for sure um as a matter of fact uh, i could see them as bonus points later on uh so uh thank you uh guys for being a part of the show i hate that we uh we had to put craig there on hold obviously it's a little bit of uh interference uh, coming through the radio waves, and we want to keep this as uh, easy to listen to as possible for our fans. Uh, we we uh, appreciate all the extra listeners. We hate that the podcast, uh, well, that uh, the live viewing uh, only went an hour and a half. Hopefully, you'll stay tuned and re-listen to the podcast, as we've got great things to tell about our podcast, because you can find it on iHeartRadio. You can find it on Apple uh, Podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify. And uh, you can find it right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network just by clicking the link uh, that we share on the Facebook page. You can check out 110, the110nation.com uh, for all of the 110 Nation news and stuff coming out. Of course, we are a full-fledged sports station. Uh, you can uh, listen to our parent company and Mr. CJ Sports. He has weekly shows on as well that are uh, part of the podcast. Uh, group here at the 110 Nation. Of course, we are Race Chat Live with Chris, Craig, and Taz. Uh, we want to thank you guys for being a part of the show. A big shout out to Mr. Artie. Artie, you're going to be with us, and uh, you and Jared are going to kind of share some seat time there uh, for the rest of this season. Artie, uh, so uh, we we need to start talking about kind of getting you guys on your own show and producing it here at the 110 Nation. How does that sound, man? Definitely, man. We're always into that. We always been wanting to start a podcast for the last couple of years, so. All right, well, we'll work out the details and try to get that uh, available and out, and uh, look for big things to happen as we integrate and bring in the people uh, around us. That's the one thing that's helped us uh, grow to where it is already. Of course, you know, back when it was racing with Big Sweat, we had a big audience. We had a lot of people listening. The One Ten Nation had about four shows. Uh, going at one time, we had uh, stats, uh, uh, hot laps with stats. We had the 110 Nation Sports Show. We had uh, Race One Big Sweat that turned into Race Chat Live. Uh, just unfortunately, uh, we also had uh, John Izzo, who has passed away. Uh, he was our hockey guy. Uh, so we've had a little bit of downsizing, but we're on our way back up, and it's, it's taking listeners and group efforts to uh, to bring people in and uh, get to know how cool this show is. Obviously, it must be a pretty cool show. Artie has a lot to do, and he's uh, spent the last few weeks uh, listening to our show, so it must be pretty damn entertaining. 
uh, and uh, we look forward to uh, having Artie on more and uh, creating, helping them create a podcast uh, through our network as well. Getting him and Jared onto a show together is going to be absolutely cool and a lot of fun. Uh, but Taz Taylor, do you have anything that you would like to close with? And uh, kudos to Craig Moore uh, for not working in the restaurant business anymore. You've got to tell me what happened. I, I promise you I'll only tell a few of my friends. Uh, so if you can uh, send me a message and let me know if, if just if it was a Clarence Thomas type thing, I guess, you know, you could just say, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, that's generally what happens in the restaurant business. <laughs> but uh, if not, <laughs> Taz, is there anything you want to talk about before we let everybody go? Um, yeah, you had some things to talk I, about real quick, right? We didn't say anything about the SRX series. We haven't said anything about TNT design. Hey, I was I mean, getting there. What hey, the I was hell? getting there. You're get, hey, you cut me off. I'm getting there. <laughs> um, no, next week we don't have a guest, but we can do because we were going to try to get Alan Bestwick to come on, and the reason why we we're trying to get him on is because uh, this upcoming Saturday marks one week from the start of the new SRX series. So to kind of fill in that guest half hour that we usually have, we're going to try to do a half hour preview of the new SRX series that will start in, like I said, one week from Saturday at Stafford Motor Speedway in Connecticut, which I'll be there live for. Can't wait. I'm excited. Um, so get ready to load up on SRX for uh, for a half hour next week. Uh, you can always find me at TNT Designs for any uh, design stuff you need, whether, whether if it's a Facebook page, web page, stickers, uh, T-shirt designs, iRacing stuff, whatever you, whatever you need, get it done there. Again, contact with me there. I'm on Facebook. And we'll go from there. I'll be at Dodge City Speedway this Saturday, uh, 4 p.m. gates open, 5 p.m. hot laps, and I believe racing's at 6 with our more modified adult uh, predators and novice predators. I might be wrong in the times, but I could, but I think those are it. Um, again, big thank you to everyone listening. This has been the Caution Flag of Radio, Chris Brayton. DJ Music Man Craig Moore on the Tasmanian Devil Flaggers Taz Taylor saying good night and we'll see you same time, same place, right here on Blog Talk Radio with Chat Live. Yeah, thank you for listening, guys, as we give our outro our favorite old song. Just a good old boy. Just a good old boy. Never meaning no harm. You never saw been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Straightening the curves, planting the hills. Someday the mountain might get them, but the law never will. Making their way. Just a good old boy. 
Wouldn't change if they could Fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood All right, y'all have a good night We'll see you next week Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.